0: Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding.
1: Hey, Soul friends, let's have a conversation. So thankful for you, having you in our community and we are going to uh, pick up where we left off last week. And we talked about deconstructing faith and the challenges that happen in our journeys of the soul as we come into the transition that in our book we call the wall, and uh, many different expressions of that. And one of them is uh, this area of a faith crisis or um, uh, feeling like our, our faith, is we've it's been handed down to us, as we've learned it from maybe our family, our church, uh, from the scriptures when it seems like it's not working for us. And there's different ways that we experience that. And what we're going to talk about today is doubt, because that's a, a primary way that we find ourselves struggling in our faith is when we're having feelings and thoughts of doubt that sometimes just uh, plague us and make it uh, really work against our, our trust in God and our submission to the Lord and our intimacy with God.
0: Hannah Whiteall smith in her book, The Christian Secret of a Happy right- Life, writes, Do not your doubts come trooping to your door like a company of sympathizing friends who appreciate your hard case and have come to condole with you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, sympathizing friends drawing you into self-pity, huh?
0: Yeah, and, and they do. And there are times when I think doubt comes as a temptation. It comes as an argument. It comes as an enemy's temptation and whispering, or it comes with the sense of, yeah, seeking some self-pity for in the suffering and the difficulties that we have. She also writes that doubts and discouragement are all from an evil source and are always untrue. But you made a note under that that I really, really appreciated in this book. You said, but they also can be from emotional wounds and need empathy Mm. and healing. Yes, 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 yes. And I so appreciate that she she has this chapter on doubt, and it's a good chapter, and one of the things that she talks about in doubt is she talks about all the ways that it's it's bad, it's evil, we don't want to make an agreement with it. She talks about making a pledge against doubt, repenting, and taking that you will you know make an agreement with the Lord that you won't give into doubt anymore ever again and I remember being so inspired and thinking yes, and doing that and following her advice in that and being so strong and firm. I'm, okay, I'm done with doubt. I'm never going to struggle with doubt again. And then I experienced a whole bunch of grief, a whole bunch of suffering, a whole bunch of disappointment, a whole bunch of desolation. And I found myself tempted to doubt again. Mm-hmm. And I tried to go back and go back to my pledge to never doubt and to put it out of my mind and that, no, I'm done with doubt. I'm not even going to entertain it. But I couldn't. I, I couldn't handle that battle at all alone because what happened to me was then I was just in shame and self hatred because I was finding myself losing at that battle of
1: resisting mm-hmm. doubt. Yeah. So you were spiraling down. Mm-hmm. What first came is suffering, uh, seeing loved ones suffer, and uh, your uh, tender heart of empathy, mercy. Uh, sensitivity to that and caring for them then the weight of that taking a toll on you and and then having experiences and feelings and observations of what's happening in, in these situations that seem contrary to God's goodness and grace and provision and blessing and presence and protection and so then you find yourself doubting Uh, Where where is God, and is he really loving in this situation, and it doesn't seem like God is good. And so then you're uh, wrestling through those uh, feelings and wonderings of doubt, and then you're observing yourself do that. And so then you're judging yourself for doubting and thinking about what you read, and, well, I I shouldn't be doubting, and what happened to my pledge not to doubt. And so then— Where's my
0: faith? I know better than this. Yeah,
1: and so then you're going down into to self-condemnation and even self-hatred and now plummeting into depression.
0: Yeah, and then I do things like I go to scripture and I read things to try to bolster my faith and I'm doing all the right things. I'm praying, I'm reading scripture, I'm renouncing the doubt, I'm trying to remember God's faithfulness, I'm you know, trying to practice gratitude, I'm doing all the right things, Yeah. but none of it's getting in. None of it feels real. All that feels real at the time is the loss, the suffering, the things, all these emotional impacts all feel like reality. My my circumstances, my experience feels like it's all a reality and all these other things feel like they're just ideas.
1: They're just words. Yeah. You're trying so hard to think what's true and good, what's biblical about God, about life, about your relationship with God, about other people's relationship with God, but you're worn out from believe what's right, do what's right, believe what's right, do what's right.
0: Praying and not seeing the prayers answered, praying and not seeing the prayers answered, praying and having the opposite happen of what I prayed for over and over in a number of
1: areas in my life all at once. Yeah, and so often the, the message that we get in our Christian circles— um, really boils down to, well, try harder to believe what's right and do what's right. And,
0: and so and, I did. I kept trying harder. <laughs>
1: and we have some very um, uh, gifted, passionate speakers of this kind of a message who have tremendous courage and confidence and stand up on a stage or um, uh, in the pages of a best-selling book. And they, they, they really put out the, the power <laughs> and we want to be like them but then we're experiencing what you're describing. and So well, where do we go with I'll, that?
0: I'll leave those feeling the rah-rah, the encouragement, like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And yeah, I've got victory Jesus, or, you know, I'm, I'm holding on to all these encouragement, mm-hmm. all these truths, and I leave pretty pumped up. But then some days later, I'm in shame because it's not working for me. It's not lasting. It's not enough.
1: Well, because so often this this believe and do what's right message it gets intertwined with deny your emotions, deny your needs, deny your struggles, and it gets intertwined with, uh, well, just go off with your Bible uh, and the Lord and pray and and you and work harder at that, and you're going to be strong and you can overcome this.
0: That's th- exactly right. That's exactly the the method that I tend to t- to take and try, and part of it is I want I want it to work. I want that to work for me, and I believe it should, but then I get in crisis because it doesn't.
1: Well, it's hard to not believe it should work if we've been raised with that mentality in our family or in our church, and when we're, we are we continually hear these sorts of messages, and w- w- we don't want to feel doubt or discouragement mm-hmm. or no. weighed down with compassion fatigue. Uh, so, uh, of course, you want to try to rise up against that, and it, it seems so... It seems so good when we we get a message with a, a lot of passion and, and boldness and confidence that uh, just believe these truths. And it's like half true, but there's the other half that's like, but, but at what point are we just denying emotions and needs that we're having? And the counsel of the Bible is never behind denial of the reality of what we're experiencing.
0: Well, and so that was my testimony because finally I... Came groveling to you, and asked you to listen to me.
1: Gro- groveling is, is <laughs> depicting the embarrassment that you were feeling, yes, and I the, so the self judgment that's yes. going on.
0: Yes, and yeah, it's total death to pride because what I want to do is I want to believe that I can work this out alone, just with me and my Bible, and me and Jesus in prayer, and not need anybody, not need to bring anybody into into all this because I'm embarrassed, I'm ashamed. I'm judging myself. I feel like I'm failing. I feel like what's wrong with me. I know spiritual reality. And so why am I not able to live standing strong on my own two feet in spiritual reality in the kingdom of God and trusting his goodness and love right now? I feel totally, completely taken out.
1: Right. Since we are raised with Christ. Uh, set your hearts on things yeah, above where Christ yeah. is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things yes. above, not in earthly things. For you died and your life is now hid with Christ in God. Rejoice in the Lord
0: always. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I know all the things. Yeah, but right. at the time, I, I couldn't do it. And I tried and tried and tried and I was sinking deeper, 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 deeper. And it was cutting me off from you too, because shame and shame, I isolate and I hide. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: So here we were in the car and we were going, going away and I was no person. I was totally and completely shut down. And I was dreading it because I was so miserable. And now I was going to bring you into my misery because I couldn't hide it from you anymore because you didn't have your work to distract you <laughs> from how miserable I was. And so I ended up being vulnerable with you. You listened with empathy for me. to me, let me cry, held me, and... I found my faith again. I found the kingdom of God again. I found myself restored again. It wasn't anything you said. Nothing in my circumstances changed, except that you oozed God's grace to me. You oozed God's grace to me for hours. For hours, you showed me his presence. For hours, you helped me to feel spiritual reality instead of everything I was feeling which was abandoned, alone, desolation, fear, doubt, self-hatred.
1: And I told you I'd feel the same way if I was you. And uh, actually, as me, I had some of those feelings as well.
0: Yeah, you validated what I was feeling instead of me shaming myself for what I was feeling. And that was really helpful when you even said, I would feel that way too because I was judging myself as weak, as too emotional, as too sensitive. And so to hear you say you would even feel those ways if you were experiencing what I was, was really helpful to me because it helped me to feel like, oh, okay, he understands, he gets it. These emotions are validating or validated are valid.
1: (laughs) And of course it would be... Uh, discouraged and grieving and struggling with uh, difficult, even dark emotions when uh, a loved one has been suffering so much, when uh, a close uh, friend and mentor uh, has has died and uh, another is um, really struggling to continue uh, functioning. And uh, there was so many things, uh, transitions going on and with other family members and in our ministry, and so there there was a, a lot that was uh, weighing you down and mm-hmm. tempting you.
0: I was sick.
1: Yeah, you were and coming off coming out of COVID, and and the the COVID depression was hanging mm-hmm. on really bad. Yeah, L- losing your your taste and your smell, and uh, s- some of the the pleasures and delights that we take for granted, yeah. and that not changing.
0: We had big losses and stresses with soul shepherding and some big staff transitions that were really hard and really discouraging.
1: Yeah. So it was w- waves in in, in mm-hmm. your circumstances and in my circumstances that were, were stressing us. And in your case, it, it triggered this um, unrelenting re- doubt and uh, s- swirls emotionally downward with that.
0: Yeah. We were supposed to... Have- been going on vacation instead, we were sick, isolated, quarantined, and working really hard through it all. Yeah, it was a hard time.
1: Yeah, and so um, so, what about the scriptures that say, "Set your hearts on things above, and uh, rejoice in the Lord always, and uh, give thanks in all circumstances." and
0: well, I was able to do it again after you oozed the grace, after you listened, after you validated my emotions, after you let joined me in letting me grieve and cry and just voice all of my losses and all of my desolations and all of the stress that I was feeling and the disappointment, the sadness, after, after I was able to work through and grieve and process and admit all that, and after the other thing was after we got some time in beauty. We got some time where we actually Mm. experienced after some weeks of no experience of consolation, we got some experience of consolation. And so getting out in beauty, being able to get out in God's creation into a spacious place, out of our office, (laughs) out of quarantine uh, and being so sick and, and starting to feel like, I was able to breathe again and see the light again and connect with you again. All of those things also were restorative to my soul. My soul needed those.
1: The catharsis opened this up for you, your courage, your courage to be emotionally honest and to really face face the demons and face the darkness and the the despair and find words for that and uh, be emotionally honest about all that and receive empathy uh, got you into a place where you could really receive from the beauty of nature and from rest and uh, going on vacation and and from the scriptures. Because sometimes what we do is we, we're, we're picking and choosing which mm-hmm. scriptures. <laughs> and the Bible also says Jesus wept. And it also says, search me, O God, and know me. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting in Psalm one thirty nine. Of course the Psalms are full of this search me and know me way of praying and reflecting and being emotionally honest. And really in so many of the heroes of our faith, uh Job, who we mentioned on last week's podcast, who was so so blunt, so courageous to speak the the truth of what he was experiencing and feeling that was contrary to the truths of God's word that he was believing and he was wrestling through all of that. And how shocking that when God uh, appeared to Job in the whirlwind and helped him through all of this and and opened his eyes to the uh, loving, powerful presence of God in all of the universe and all of history and particularly in Job's life, uh, w- w- something that, that God said that just blows us away is he, he actually rebukes Job's friends who had been spouting all these pious platitudes, all these proverbs of ashes. They were taking, they were taking Bible verses and misusing them to uh, negate Job's emotion and wrestlings and questions, which is what we so often do to ourselves and to each other. And it's very uncompassionate, un- unloving and, and untrue. We, we can take a truth and use it in an untrue way. And so the Lord says to Job's uh, friends who were not being good friends, He says, you have not spoken rightly about me, like my servant Job has. It's like, huh? 20 chapters or something, uh, more than that, Job is like uh, just on the edge of agreeing with his wife and and curse God and die. He's like saying some things that are like blasphemous, probably. They're like really negative and untrue about God, but they're true of how Job feels and they're true, true of his circumstances and the way that life would look for any human being in Job's skin. And so Job is speaking truly, genuinely, uh, honestly, courageously, and God respects that. God rewards that, and God uh, enters into this uh, experience and this repair and resolution, uh, loving Job through this and helping him out on the other side.
0: Well, and my testimony, my experience is that I need, I need a good experience of soul care in order to get restored out of doubt, that just the decision to not doubt, the setting my will and my resolve to not give in to doubt, to not nurture doubt, to think the right thoughts or do the right spiritual disciplines isn't enough. Reason is important, Wesley's quadrilateral scripture is important, it plays a role Faith comes by hearing your word of God. I, I do want to continue to be directing my mind to Scripture and reading it and remembering its truth. And so reason, Scripture, and then tradition. I do want to keep trusting the traditions of the church and all of the history of the church and going to church even during that time and being in fellowship. But I also need the experience his fourth quadrilateral
1: experience.
0: I needed, my soul needed to experience care.
1: Yeah, so the balance of those four is, is so wise, so, so good. And this is why uh, in our book, Journey to the Soul, we talk about following Jesus with feelings and faith through each of the stages of faith. And we look at how each of these stages of faith can be stages of emotional and spiritual growth, uh, stages of uh, growing in relational health with God and others and herself and so the integration of feelings and faith is really a big deal in our journey and you're you're illustrating that so so beautifully so winsomely and wisely christy and really appreciate your uh, courageous spirit to be vulnerable with with our friends here because i know that you who are listening many of you relate to christy or you have a loved one or someone that you are helping for in your coaching or small group ministry or you're your pastoring or however you're serving the Lord, there is somebody in your circle that uh, the, the, just the idea of believe what's right and do what's right and just think think true and good thoughts and your feelings will follow. It's not working for them. Sometimes if your personality is like me and you're a strong thinker, it seems like it works. Um, but in reality, all of us have these um, emotional experiences in life that are contrary to uh, truths that We might reason out and believe from God's word or from uh, a book that we read and study. And so what do we do with that? And what we do with it is we follow Jesus with feelings and faith. And paying attention to the emotions that we're having is is part of the picture. And so what we're teaching is that there's a two-way street between thoughts and feelings. It is not a simplistic A leads to B, change your thoughts and that will change your feelings. Yes, that can be true. Sometimes that is true. That is one direction. But the other direction is, well, address your feelings and that will change your thoughts. Feelings are powerful. They live in our body. Uh, they're, they're physical. And uh, sometimes you might wake up uh, tired or sick or, and you have emotions about that. and It's in your body and you can't just change your thoughts about it and make everything better.
0: <laughs> when I deny my emotions, it actually has a big effect on my thoughts and my body. I end up feeling really, really tired usually physically when I'm denying my emotions, or I get some kind of bodily pain if I'm denying my emotions. I usually blocks my relationship and my intimacy with the Lord and with you if I'm denying my emotions. So yeah, I've learned the importance of being able to be emotionally honest with myself and with God and with others who are safe for me to do that with.
1: And there is a danger that we can overemphasize, like um, the importance of admitting how we feel and fall into cycling in that and and swirling and and self-pity with that and sort of idealize our doubts. And so as much as it's important that we give permission to have feelings and experiences of doubt and have questions and that we teach well—that's part of faith. That's part of what happens at the wall and the journey of the soul and the inner journey of emotional honesty and really trusting God is how we we work that through. But we also need to like doubt our doubts because mm-hmm. it's it's dangerous to doubt. Mm-hmm. So yes, we don't want to shut them down, right. and judge ourselves or other people for having doubts. That is un- unloving and unwise. But neither do we want to like idealize them and right. just
0: nurture them. Yeah.
1: We need to pray that through. We need to talk that through. We need to get help because the condition of a soul that is doubting is to be two-souled. And James teaches this very clearly in James 1, verses 5 to 8. Actually, the uh, Greek uses the word two-souled in there. And um, my paraphrase of this uh, passage goes like this: If you don't know what to do, ask God. Your father won't be irritated, he is compassionate. And kind, and will gladly give you all the wisdom you need. But be sure you trust the Lord to guide you and don't keep doubting. To pray and distrust is to be two-souled. You'll be like a sailboat at sea, driven and tossed back and forth by the shifting winds of circumstances. Instead, to make it safely to land, wait for the friendly wind of the Spirit and then open up your sail. Till you find yourself standing secure on solid ground. And the solid ground is truth, the truth of God's revelation, and the truth that we can know, not only intellectually, but in our experience. We actually can develop that experience-based assurance that we talked about last week, where we're actually observing more of the presence of Jesus in our life, and in our personality, and in our relationships, and And we need that source of encouragement uh, in our our faith so that our our faith is being built not just on like wishful thinking um, or um, forcing ourselves to just believe what we know is true, but faith is actually based on knowledge, based on spiritual knowledge, based on interactive relationship with God through his word, but also through the Holy Spirit. So your example, Christy, is so helpful. Uh, your your courage to be honest about the realities of the doubt. Uh, it speaks to all of us. And I think s- something else we need to mention before we close here is that I mentioned sort of battling the demons. And so there's a spiritual warfare
0: mm-hmm.
1: component to all this, right? It's even yes. like in our circumstance, uh, we were able to look at and see that Satan was opposing us. Mm-hmm. And part of what was important for us to do is, is to fight the good fight of faith and to to uh, lock uh, arms and shoulders together and rebuke Satan, submit ourselves to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you, James says uh, later in his letter in uh, chapter four, verse seven. And so we did that. And that, that was important because all of us who are following Jesus and serving the Lord and having influence with people for, for God and God's kingdom... We become targets of the enemy. And so we need to be uh, wise about that, wise about Satan's wiles and uh, speak, speak the truth of God's word and uh, find a friend to help us do that and, and stand strong uh, in, in the kingdom of God.
0: Jesus, we're grateful to you that you don't leave us and judge us when we're struggling, that you love us and it's, your grace is enough for us that you desire for us to receive your love. And I ask, Lord, that you be with any of our listeners who are struggling right now, that you would provide ambassadors of you to mediate your love and grace and truth to them, to come near to them and care for their souls, Good Shepherd, with your, your love, your grace, your truth. We do ask, Lord Jesus, that you would protect us all from giving in to doubts and from temptations of the enemy that tempt us to doubt, and that you would enable us to keep our eyes fixed on you and our hearts in union with you, and that you would also strengthen us by your grace to be able to be ambassadors of you to others and to be soul shepherds, using your grace to others as well. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Friends, if you haven't picked up a copy of Journey of the Soul yet, you can get that now, and we would love for you to uh, dive in deep into the Journey of the Soul and the Christ stages, which includes working through experiences of doubt or uh, challenges with uh, faith. And maybe you have a loved one or a friend or someone in your uh, ministry that uh, would benefit from Journey of the Soul. So come over to our, our journey uh, org or soulshepherding.org and pick up a copy. If you're a pastor, we would love to uh, work with you and bring Journey of the Soul into your church. We've been going around the country speaking in different churches, helping them implement Journey of the Soul as a discipleship tool for their whole congregation. Uh, and so at uh, soulshepherding.org or journeyofthesoul.org, you can find uh, our book, Journey of the Soul, and pray that will be a blessing to you and the people that you minister to.
0: For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us
1: at soulshepherding.org.